Welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. I'm Caroline Rena, and here, let the ride inside adventure begin. I will share what it's like on my own healing journey, and through what I learn and become aware of, provide insight to your journey as well. everyone, I'm Caroline Rena, and welcome to the last interview with the most amazing person, I'll share that in a moment, on the Ride of My Life podcast. And uh, what's happening is I've decided to um, take a next step to my into my inner peace pilgrimage on the next part of my journey, season three. And basically... I totally did not even think to have this, but I really want to share this. So I'm going to have to look it up on my phone and what this is. um, So (laughs) I've changed some things and I am now looking at sharing my journey as you ready for this one, Sam. And then I'll introduce Sam, (laughs) the bespoke inner peace guide, sharing hope harmonic oneness and peace for expansion with the world. I thought that was kind of cool. I came up with that. I was so excited. Anyway, and I wanted to share it with Sam here because harmonics and music (laughs) kind of go together. So um, yeah, so this again is the last interview that I'm doing and I have a most incredible human being on the face of this planet and I started this a moment ago and we were deciding where I found her. It was either on Instagram or Facebook on an ad. And I don't know how this happened because I mean, for some of you, you know that I've done music. I've recorded. um, I was with a, in a duo called in divinity. We, we wrote songs. We recorded uh, 11 of them on two EPs, had a great time. One was acoustic. One was not, one was with instruments by the way, with a recording studio in the UK during 2020, <laughs> shut down. That was wonderful. So music came back into my life and um, it started in my life when I was young. I sang, I played the piano, I played the violin, I played the cello, I did all kinds of things. And then when I was 13 years old, I did a bat mitzvah where I sang and then I stopped completely. And then three years ago, after going through all of the stuff, the traumas, the whatever, I re that's when I met my part, my singing partner and um, the, the healing journey that I went with, with, went on with him led me to re bring my, my music back out. And there's a big thing about not letting your music get stuck inside. What is that saying? Don't let your music die inside of you. And I'm so grateful that I had met him. And after that, because I was so interested in relearning the keyboards and, you know, singing, continuing to sing and all that, here comes Sam, because that's what she does. Um, She teaches, (laughs) uh, she teaches uh, piano and singing. And so I found her and it turns out that she's got some really similar things that um, we have in connection with trauma and healing and um, her background is 
amazing. And I, we had, I don't even know how, it was like a two hour conversation. It was great. And we were like, we were like soul sisters. That's right. I love that. Across the pond, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so here, here Sam is, and I'm going to introduce her with her bio, which, um, and, and her name is Sam Delahaye, as you can see. And uh, Sam is a professional piano vocal teacher, board certified music therapist, and professional singer, pianist, and songwriter. Since training at the famous BRIT, is that a uh, acronym? Or is no, it- Brit School. Brit School is is the only free drama school in the UK. It's where Adele went, Amy Winehouse. Oh, that's uh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it wasn't famous when I was there. Well, a little bit, but yeah. Over the years, I'm I'm old now, but like over the years, it's brought all these amazing artists. Oh, so. she's old. She said. <laughs> anyway, okay. So she she did her training at this famous Brit School, where, as she said, Adele and Amy Winehouse trained. And she has gained a degree in music at Dartington College of Arts and more recently qualified with a master's degree as a music therapist at the University of the West of England. Sam has spent over two decades working as a professional piano vocalist, traveling the world on various cruise ships, cool, and award-winning hotels. She was also fortunate to work alongside artists such as Excuse me for a second. Yeah. Sir Ray Davies, Eddie Reader, Robin Hitchcock at events such as the Meltdown Festival, the Royal Festival Hall, London, UK. So I obviously know none of this because of- <laughs> that was very UK based, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Based, yeah. <laughs> Sam's teaching or Sam teaches singing lovers to accompany themselves on the piano so that they can use music to heal and express themselves. This is where I came in. Sam specializes in teaching not only piano and singing, but also songwriting and music therapy. Her philosophy in teaching is that it should be fun and enjoyable and should be student-led. And I just want to add one more thing. She lives in Cornwall, UK with her crazy husband and son, (laughs) according to Sam. I thought that was cute, so I had to add it. Yes, ma'am. Whoa. And a bump on the way and a baby on the way, number two. Number two. We we still got a little time, so let's not have it on. Well, maybe that would be kind of exciting every... You know, video. <laughs> I haven't even got the cot ready yet. Like we, the baby has nowhere to go. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sure you will figure something out. Just, I, I don't know about having it right now. That, you that just need know. a drawer, don't you? In the old days and they just put them in the drawer? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah. yeah, just pad it up a little bit. That's yeah, good. <laughs> no problem. Bit of boob, bit of drawer. This, what would you need in the baby? I don't side? know how you would handle it. You'd have to kind of, you know, manipulate yourself to... <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, so, so I am so excited, so, so, so excited that we're here together because Sam is such an incredible human being and she's got such an amazing story. And uh, that's what this interview is about for her to share her story, uh, what kind of work she does, more in depth, and um, to just talk and have a great conversation and just enjoy ourselves for the next 50 minutes or whatever it is. Good to me. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. So why don't we start out with um, going, going a little deeper into, into the work that you do. Mm, Yeah. Mm. So, okay. Here's the thing. I, I, I qualified as a music therapist. 
Um, but I didn't really fit into that world of music therapy because it's very clinical. Um, it's very much based on people who are either poorly or severely traumatized, like severely, um, you know, like we're talking about mental health issues, like serious mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And, and as much as I, you know, I want to help people there was, I knew that there was a calling to help people that were they, you know, they didn't have mental health issues per se, but they, that they'd lost themselves, Mm -hmm. lost themselves Mm -hmm. or they'd suffered with trauma, they'd survived and they were a bit like me. And, you know, they hadn't, they hadn't necessarily gone to drugs and alcohol and gone down the mental, serious mental health route. And they were actually really functioning quite well, but there's something missing from their life, something missing like insecurity and self-worth. And, and, and I just found myself in this place where I was like, I want to help these people. I want to help empaths, high sensitive people people who have suffered with trauma, but they're not those people that, you know, are are like seriously ill in hospital. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, I is one. I is one. There's lots of us. And actually, (laughs) I'm reading um, a Gabby Bernstein book. I don't know if you read it called Happy Days. It's a new one that she's just got out, but she talks about big T and little t, big trauma and little trauma. Mm. And we all have had trauma of some point in our lives you know, hers was a big T, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, all that stuff. But you know, most of my students have been uh, shamed for not being good at singing, have been bullied at school, have been um, some way shamed, really, mm-hmm. especially. Most, in but these and these people, because I understand what that feels like. It's like, we could have had we could have started a lot a lot earlier and kept it going if we chose to mm-hmm. by not having that happen but maybe life had to happen in the meantime and we had to you know go down before we could come back up into a different place I don't know but that's yeah but there are a lot of people out there who get shamed for it and and, and I think especially the people that I work with they loved music yes they loved it and I say loved you know people that work with me now love it again but they they lost that element of play. They lost that element of, you know, and I think schools don't help because schools, it's all about education and maths and English and science and French. They really don't prioritize the arts at all. Right. But actually now what's really funny is, is that you have these big corporate identities who are struggling with creativity. And so they're employing people like myself and other entrepreneurs and creative people to, help their their staff become more creative because if we've lost it we've lost that art of creativity yes um and we've also i don't know about in america but i know in the uk we don't value creativity i don't think we value it i don't in in the same way that we value a doctor or a nurse or or do you know what i'm saying like well or computer you know i mean it's all it it's all um artificial intelligence yeah. that type of thing yeah 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 and and actually creativity is i mean i know you're very spiritual as well creativity really is the key to our soul it, it and we've lost not everybody's lost it but i mean I, I know i even i you know if i don't connect with music i lose that connection with myself my authentic mm-hmm. self 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have lost that that connection to their authentic self. They don't know who they are anymore. They don't know their authentic voice. They don't know what they make, what what stand they need to make in the world. Like you're amazing. Like, you know, Caroline, listening to your journey of like traveling around the world is amazing. But a lot of people that they would just dream of that. They they're too scared to take that step to actually do it. Does that make oh, sense? Oh wait. <laughs> up until this point point, it's been like that I mean you're like you're describing my my life it's just I got tired of it and I didn't want to do that anymore and I'm going to be 58 this year and it's like all right come on I've got to do something now and the way you're describing it it's it's especially for that many years you know and then knowing that we have this this innate um uh, creativity within all of us. It doesn't have to be the arts to be creative. It could be anything. We can create all kinds of things. But um, yeah, so go ahead. But all, and, and I think also as well, this is where people get stuck. They think they have to be perfect. Mm. And they think that, oh, I can't do it because I can't sing. I can't do it because I can't play. Oh, I've never had piano lessons in my life. Oh, I can't, I can't, I've never, I can't write a song. Who am I to write a song? And in my, in my online course and and in the training that I give people, it's, it's not about, I mean, yes, it's nice to be able to present a song to somebody. It's nice to be able to write a song and go, this is amazing, but that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's about the process of actually just getting messy and getting dirty and, and, and kind of exploring yourself through it, through Mm -hmm. music. Kind of like life. Yes. Yeah. It's very relatable to life because life isn't clean. It's not, we don't, Lysol is not part of really real life. It's... And, and, the, and you know, the thing is as well, like, have you noticed with your, you know, you're jumping in the deep end and you're traveling or you're going to be traveling around America and all that. When you take a risk in one area of life, you end up taking a risk in all areas of your life because you realize you're not going to die. And you're like, do you know what? This was really fun. And what am I doing? Come on, let, where's the next element of fun? Where, what, what's the next challenge? And the more we challenge ourselves, the more we awaken and the more right. alive we are and the younger yes. we feel yes. and our energy levels go up. Yes, yes. And that's 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 why I'm drawn to her because it's like she's <laughs> my language. I love this. I love this so much. And it's, it's so important for us to be able to find that muse, whether it's in writing or music or, yeah. you know, painting or making a meal or, you know, raising a child. This is coming up soon again for the second time with Miss Sam. <laughs> I'm crazy. Nine years apart. <laughs> Nine years apart. Mine were six years apart. So that is a little, Okay. No judgment, <laughs> no judgment whatsoever. But yeah, I mean, when I had when I had first found her, there was this like draw. She's got well. First of all, I'm going to brag about you a little bit. Um, I love it. No, it just feels really weird because I'm like, she doesn't know me really, does she? I'm just this simple hick from Cornwall. <laughs> no, 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 not not exactly. Um, she is not like you're a powerful, beautiful soul. You've got an amazing spirit. You've got an amazing voice. I've heard it, which I'm going to maybe poke you a little to do. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. But she's so far so good. Um, We're, we're, we're moving right along here uh, without coughing. We we don't have that happen. I had COVID four weeks ago, guys. So just explaining. And I I said to Carol, I was like, don't make me laugh because if you make me laugh, I'm going to go just cough for about half an hour. (laughs) 
Okay, well, that'll take up a half an hour and I can just talk while she's coughing. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like talking though. All right. There it is. You had to do that, didn't you? Anyway, so the beauty, it's not even just in her voice. It's how, when I watched her webinar, I was like, <laughs> like, I don't, you couldn't see, you couldn't see us in the webinar because you were just right. No, so no, no. You're going, oh my God, oh, 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 okay. And and I was so ready to write, write my song and get in there and da, da, da. And, and, and now I'm relearning the keyboard and she taught her, the way she teaches is like, I've never experienced an ease and a grace with teaching the way you do it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And, and it was, it was, it was just palpable. You know, I mean, it was like, I was so ready to jump in. And then I did, we, I did jump in <laughs> and I got myself all in my head and perfectionism, like you were talking about. And I jumped out again and I jumped in and I did actually come up with some chords that I've been playing and playing around with and stuff. So she got me that far. I just haven't with the preparations and everything, I haven't had time to kind of stick with any of that. Um, but the, the positivity, the, the energy that you put out there, the, um, the love you put out there, the peace, the peacefulness you put out there, that's what draws people. It has, it, I mean, except for the fact that you're good at what you do, that's why you have these people coming to see you, at least from my perspective, that's how it felt for me. You know, you're like the, the mother of beautiful music, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's very kind of you. I think. Okay. I, in fact, I gave someone a lesson today and they were like, do you know what they said to me? They said, well, I know you've had like years and years of piano lessons. I'm like, do you know, I've not actually had, I've had three piano lessons in my entire life. And they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm self-taught. And I had a very, very amazing um, unfortunately, I think he's probably passed away because I, I think he had cancer about 20 years ago. So you must, you know, but he was amazing. He's called Mr. Every. And when I was at school, I was at drama school, boarding school, and um, I just didn't get on with anybody, but I had the solace of music and songwriting. Mm -hmm. And it felt like I felt like I just wasn't good enough with English and maths and all that stuff. But when I went into the music room, Mr. Every had time for me and he used to listen to my little songs and he'd see me playing on the piano just my I make it up and he go Sam why don't you try this 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 and he was amazing just he believed in me he just nurtured me and mentored me and he I said to him I said should I get some professional piano lessons and he said no don't do it don't do it and I'm like yeah but you know I want to learn to read music I want to learn he goes don't he said you are in flow with music you are loving the instrument the moment you go to classical piano lessons you're going to hate it you're going to hate it and you love it so I, and i was baffled i was like yeah but surely i should go to piano lessons like and but what's really interesting is is now teaching piano the way i teach piano i mean i've been teaching 15 years and when i first started i thought it was an absolute fake because i don't read music and and uh, you know, the first two, three years, I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to realize I'm not a piano player. They're going to realize I'm fake. But what I realized is that I teach the way I taught myself. And it's very simple. It's patterns based. It's not based around being, you know, someone with a ruler wrapping, you know what I'm saying? And, and 
Do I know what you're saying? But I have so many students that have been classically trained that hate it. And yeah, okay, so you're one of them, right? Mm -hmm. And (laughs) like, I know so many people that had piano lessons when I was, you know, with Mr. Every, who don't play piano now. Mm-hmm. Because they they didn't learn the joy of piano. They didn't really learn the essence of why you learn to play piano. Well, it's so it's so mechanical. It's it's yeah. technical. It's um it was never I just remember my my <laughs> my grandmother standing over me while I was at the piano making sure that I would do all my whatever whatever, you know. Oh, my and God, I did scales so boring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was terrible. I did learn a few songs. I did do a couple of recitals. I, I, I have a knack for it. It just was, it was awful. It was, it was the most deadening experience because, and then the challenge is, is that my, those of us who have been taught that way, our brains are already in there. And sometimes well, until I met you, <laughs> you gave me like three words. I, I don't even remember what the three words were you said, but you gave me these words. And I was like, oh, are you serious? <laughs> and I actually sat down and then I still couldn't figure out what you were talking about. And then recently I went, I just sat down at my keyboard. I think it was about a week ago. And I took those or the, not the chords, the notes that I was just, I wrote down and I was doing them in a certain way. And then all of a sudden I started doing, and I'll let you explain this, but it was like, I'm adding the, what do you call them? The, the, the um, improvising around the chords. Well, yeah, but there's, there was the other word that you use. I can't remember. Oh. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually, what am I doing? What's happening here? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and it sounded really good. And I didn't record yeah. it because I was just excited to sit down and do it. <laughs> but you know, but but Caroline, it sounded really good. And this is it. You know, in class in the classical world of piano playing, you have to spend year upon year upon year doing really boring stuff like scales and learning all the technical boring theory. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then you might start to sound good in four or five years or what, you know, once you've got all that stuff, do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. But the way I always came to the piano was the piano spoke to me. I know I'm a crazy lady right now, but like the piano spoke to me. I'm sitting at the piano. I mean, we've been 12 sitting at a real wooden piano going, the wood is talking to me. I used to talk to trees. I was a bit, bit crazy, but I used to talk to trees. No, no, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> is that not crazy? Am, am, I in, am I in good company? Okay, great. Good company. <laughs> so if, she, if she says that again, then I can say that we're both crazy because I do the same thing. I don't remember the piano talking to me because it was yelling at me. Maybe it was talking to me, but it was yelling at me. It was probably telling me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but, but there was something about this wooden piano that and I don't get the same thing with a keyboard I mean I I haven't played a real piano in uh, quite a long time actually now because uh you know when I was in piano bars I got to play real pianos every day which was lovely but I don't have the space for a real piano um when I do weddings and so forth I bring my keyboard but there is something about a real piano there is a soul Mm -hmm. a soul Mm -hmm. and you know you can just literally play one note on the piano and you can feel it. Yeah. It's like, it's, that's the resonant, the resonance in the, in the. Yeah. 
In the wood. Yeah, in the wood. It's and in it's the like wood. a massive big hug. <laughs> it's like a massive big hug. And uh, yeah, I don't know. And like, and I think the thing is with classical piano is you're so busy focusing on on the scales and the technical stuff that you forget the beauty of one note. Mm-hmm. Just the beauty of one one note with the pedal. You know, and 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 so that's what I teach. I teach you how to kind of play piano beautifully, like with like that, because I'm not teaching you all the crap. She's doing it again. I'm like drawn in. You do that. Did you see where I went? No, I don't. The crazy ladies. Yeah. Woo. Well, okay. So, and it's interesting because before I ask you, I want, I want you to give a, a little bit more of your backstory and your, mm-hmm. and, you know, what you, what you uh, experienced, but music, music is healing people. Mm-hmm. Music has a healing quality to it. Now there's, there's, there's discussion nowadays, and I've had a little bit of personal proof to myself on the, um, the vibration or the, uh, how, how, okay. So years and years ago, I can't remember right now the full story, but, um, instruments were set to 432 Hertz. They're not set to 432 Hertz anymore. They are at 440. This was something that came out of world war II, And there's some sort of a, this is where it gets hard for me because I don't understand there's a dissonance in the 440. However, when you're listening to beautiful music, you can't necessarily hear the difference but if you play it next to each other in 440 or 432, your body can feel the difference. I don't know if you know any of this stuff. Do you know any of this stuff? No, but my husband would love to talk to you about this. because That's he's, right. He's, We're supposed to talk to him. <laughs> he is he is a sound engineer, so he totally understands. All, he geeks out on like hertz and waveforms and all that stuff. So, yes. Yeah. Like so, it really goes over my head. But he would, he, yeah. He basically, probably has a clever answer for you. Well, and and here's the thing. It's not even like 432 is the healing resonance of the body. It goes into your, it it goes into the cell, the cellular structure. Our brains are set at eight Hertz. I'm teaching you something right now. Our brains are listening. I'm like a student ready for that. (laughs) And the earth, mother earth is set. She resonates at eight Hertz, 7.8 something, 7.82, something like that. So our brains resonate with the earth. That's why we need to be out in nature to resonate with the earth. And so if you have ever listened to um, like uh, singing bowls or that type of uh, music therapy um, or, or the other, the metal bowls, whatever, they're all set to different frequencies. They're all, there's like five, there's, there's what they call, um, I think it's David's frequency, King David's frequency or something like that, which is 444 Hertz. And it's the A um, it's based off of the A note right? in all, in all the cases. I have no idea what that means. That would be where your husband comes in. Um, but what I do know is that from 444, it'll break it down into different, um, different frequencies where like 528 is love and there that's the one I know off the top of my head and I don't know how this works maybe I need to interview him 
Um, because that would be a great conversation about this. I, he, he does geek out a lot, though. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a real engineering geek. Like, okay, so nah, don't want to do well, it. No, but I'll ask him if you want to. Okay, that'd to be cool. That'd be really cool because I'd be interested um, to share that because people don't understand how that affects the body, how that affects the cells, how that affects the um, all, each one of our uh, chakras is a different frequency, you know? Mm-hmm. So, all right. Anyway, so that went off on a trail, but um, what, I think it's just important that music is healing. And um, I think it's important that people need to understand that. And it's important when we accept that, that we can um recognize that and it's part of the process you know so anyway I was going off on a tangent but (laughs) I think also as well I mean healing is music is healing for me um I think music has been my connection to God and to the soul and to the universe and music has has been the purest form of love Mm that I have ever experienced. So look up 444 because that's exactly what that King David, that's what the King David. Right. Oh, okay. Connection to God. Yeah. 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 So you really, you would definitely appreciate that. Um, I want to have you share what your um, story is because Mm. it's so profound. And and here's one thing that I talk about. I noticed that there's people, there, there are people out there because I'm, I have felt like I was one of them who you share um, the piece where you had a mentor to guide you hmm. and it completely shifted your existence in life, you know, massively. And people, massively. And there are people out there who don't have or never had a mentor when they were a child. And I was one of them. And I think that not having someone that could guide me like that and who, who really, you know, um, accepted and um, what was the other, I mean, he like totally like built you up from his energy, from his, who he, who he is, was, you know, mm-hmm. and the people out there who don't have that, that's like there, that lack there kind of causes, you know, there, there's somebody out there who, who, um, desperately needs a mentor because it's not easy to learn how to be our own mentor. And unless we have somebody guiding us that we can mirror, like, you know, about this with, with our mothers, they're the ones who are our mentors at first. And if they're not a great mother, then having someone else in their place at some point to do the things that they weren't able to do helps the growth and, and healing of the child. If you've never, yeah, you need it. you need a secure attachment. Yes, yes. If you don't yes. have a secure attachment, um, that's when things start to go a bit wrong. Yes, and that's where because I know that like the, the the only difference I see between the two of us is I took the long hard way in trying to figure myself out by myself, and you had a, a different you had a mentor. And you had somebody who was able to lift you. And I never felt that. And it, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, oh my God, my whole life is falling apart. I get it. You know, because I didn't have a mentor. I'm just trying to say that it's, it's helpful to be able to create your life when you've had someone to support you like that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I think it, it's, it's quite interesting actually, because when I, when I was working as a clinical music therapist and I was working with people with trauma, um, 
you know, I had, I have my own perspective of my trauma, mm -hmm. but everyone experiences trauma in a very, very different way. And it's so complicated. And, you know, I was lucky, you know, and I had my gran as well. So my gran it's interesting actually, because my husband said to me last night, he said, how did you learn to love? Because you never experienced love as a child. I said, well, no, I did. I had my gran until she died when I was seven. And he went, oh, right, I get it. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. if you've never ever experienced any form of love, I can't stand in your shoe. I, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's just yeah. very different. Well, it is, and, and that's the thing. It's like the kind of, I know, I know my parents and my grandparents loved me. I lived with my grandparents. They were so hurt. They were so broken and traumatized themselves yeah. that their love showed up as material, taking care of me material, not materialism, but um, physically like the roof over my head and my yeah. food and da, da, da. the emotional availability wasn't there. Yeah. So I think you're right. And I'm glad, and that's interesting that he asked that question because it's just something that I've wanted, that I've kind of been figured, trying to figure out how it is that it's so easy for some people to go through their work and, and, and break through quick, more quickly. And you know, all this, and I'm like, what's taking me so long. <laughs> but also this, I had a hypnosis session yesterday Ooh. Right? and it was all about this. It's all about, it was all about self-worth. She took me right back to, you know, when I was back as a child. Um, and, you know, she got me to see my my other gran, who was the abuser, from her perspective, because she was heavily traumatized, mm -hmm. heavily traumatized. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, even though I've had, oh, gosh, 300 hours of therapy, because I'm a therapist now, I've had hypnosis, I've had personal development, I've done landmark, I've read zillions of books. I am still healing. I'm still healing. It's you know, it's, there's no destination. When someone rejects me, it's still, and it annoys me because it was only like five years of my life. Yeah. And if someone rejects me, oh my gosh, it yeah. is not, I, you know, it is the biggest pain. Mm -hmm. Well, that's also, and that's also due to the fact that when you say five years of your life, when you said that, this was like back when you were little, correct? Mm, between eight and okay. 12. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and then whatever happened prior to that, because as little children were sponges, so between the ages of zero and six, whatever we did or didn't receive at that point sets the stage for whatever comes next. Yeah. And that's where, um, that's where the, the emotional, like we don't know how to do it if we don't have anybody in our family who can show us love and show us connection and show us who we are and that we're good enough and that we're amazing and you know all this stuff we don't know how to find that and if nobody says it to us and they expect us to see it it's not there you know and if it just doesn't it just doesn't you can't say like some people when they're getting when they go into a like a i call it a, a complex ptsd flashback which is an emotional flashback and then when you're in the middle of a, a now complex PTSD is like stacked emotions from many, many years of uh, trauma, whether it's um, regular PTSD, a visual or a, a, a felt experience or body experience, whatever. And then the CPSD, PTSD just stacks up on that. And when someone just sits there, you're going into 
you know, fight or flight and you start getting anxious and they're like, oh, relax. And you're like, my body's doing that. You can't tell somebody to do no. that. Right. Because it's because you're triggered, right? You're, you're, yes. You're, yes. And, and uh, yeah. And, and something else is running you really. Yes. And Dr. Bessel Vanderkoop. Oh, love, yeah. love him. Love him. Yeah. Love him. Love him. Yeah. He wrote, he wrote a book on how the body, the body is the one that it, it keeps score. It's the one that holds the emotions. That's why, you know, for years when I found out about, what do they call that? Um, uh, it's, it's shaking. I can't remember the name of the, but animals do it when they get into into a fight or something like that. And have you ever, or, or, like a cat or a dog, if they got into a fight, have you ever seen them? They're just like, you know, they shake. That's our bodies are supposed to do that, but we have stuffed all that stuff down so hard and so much that we can't do it anymore. So literally for like four years, when I found out neurogenic shaking, neurogenic shaking, something, I would literally just, and I've done this, I have to do this now because the very first video I was on, I did it. So I'm going to do it again. Um, <laughs> so it's just like, ah, or having a temper tantrum or something, just getting that energy out that doesn't, that's all of the stress hormones, like going through your body. And when you do that, when you kick and scream and uh, it gets all that stuff out. Yeah. And if you don't like it and you don't think it doesn't work and da, 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 try it until you're so tired that you can't move and then do it another 10 minutes. It will, it will shift things. It, I, I, that's, that's what like saved my life. But you know what's really interesting as well? I'm reading uh, a birthing book by Juju Sandin. I don't know if you know her. She She's Australian um, <clears throat> physiotherapist. And she talks about pain management for in birth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the vocalizing. And, you know, there is something so powerful about Ooh! just that concentration of sound, yeah. getting that energy out, the pain released. Yes, yes, yes. That's you know, whether it be emotional pain, physical pain, mm -hmm. getting it out. But that's where it all comes back to the voice and, and music and you know yeah. uh, harmonics and all of this stuff. It's a, it's all part of our healing. Mm. That's why that's why music is healing, and that's where we went full circle. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now tell us what you experienced. And you can be as vulnerable as you want. You don't have to go deep if you don't want to. You can, whatever you want, whatever you feel comfortable and safe doing. I just want people to see what, who you are, because you came, you came from challenge, deep challenges and, and you're doing amazing work to help other people walk through deep challenges. And I just want people to know you like, oh. It, it, you know, it's interesting, Caroline. I've never been scared of being vulnerable ever. Oh. I've never, and 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 I even remember people saying you shouldn't tell people, you shouldn't tell people your story, you shouldn't. Shh, shh. And in itself, it's like you're silencing me because I was silenced as a child. Mm -hmm. I want to. So, who I am is the possibility of courage, change, and humanity, and I am a voice for the people. That is my purpose. That has always been my purpose since the age of seven or eight years of age when I started going through the trauma. And I, in fact, I was saying this to my hypnotherapist yesterday, she took me to this exact place. And, you know, even when I was going through my trauma and I'll explain that what the trauma was, I had the deepest, deepest sense and knowing 
but it was for a reason. It was mm -hmm. for a reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what got me through day after day after day after day because it's relentless for trauma when you are in trauma it is relentless especially if it's long term i mean okay maybe a one into like a rape is maybe but then you've got the after effects but like when you're a child and you are trapped in a circumstance and you don't know how to get out and it's literally day after day after day the only way to survive is almost by rising up a bit like Nelson Mandela. And there's a lot of people in prison actually, or, you know, people that have been wrongly accused that say there's a, I have a higher purpose and you have to think like that. Mm. And so my higher purpose was always, I am a voice for the people and I have to help people just like me to, to, to have their say and to be heard and to be listened to. And so I think that's why I've never been scared about being vulnerable about what I, my, my past, because, if I can't say it, then no one else is going to be able to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, and very, very briefly, my um, my mum and dad separated when I was seven or eight. My mum had a lot of past traumas and issues and so forth. She left, and my um, my gran, who was my mum's mum, it's all hereditary, really. Um, <laughs> she came and she looked after us, and my dad, um, my dad had to look after three children, a baby. Uh, a six-year-old and me who was eight I was the eldest and my dad in Jersey it's very very expensive so my dad literally just worked 24 7. my mom was in a hospital in and out of hospital with um mental health issues of all different alcoholism all that sort of stuff my gran um was a seriously abusive narcissist mm. um to the point where she would shame me every day she'd say and can I, can I swear on here? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> she would basically every single day say I'm a worthless piece of shit. Mm. No one fucking loves you. Just really abusive language um, <clears throat> from about the age of seven to 12. And then I, I walked out. Mm. And that's the story you heard at 12 when I walked out. Um, but here's the thing is that when I was going through that, I had music and what's interesting is the hypnotherapist said to me yesterday, she goes, where do you think you got your love from during between the ages of eight and 12? And I used to listen to late night radio love and I used to listen to love songs mm. and listening to those love songs was my love. That That's where I got my love from was literally I'd curl up in my bed. I'd hug myself. Um, and also, I would speak to my gran who'd passed my good gran who I was very attached to she'd passed away but I'd speak to her like I, I, I she was there every single day saying I love you I love you I love you it's okay stroking my hair I know that sounds weird she's dead but you know she was stroking my hair and so between the love songs and my gran they held me for for four or five years now this is before learning to play piano singing anything mm -hmm. any of that can I say something real quick because this just yeah. It was a download. It's like, uh, maybe it was your grand. Um, it's not weird. I'm starting to understand that people may think that's not weird, but I thought it was very weird for quite a while. I get it. It, it sounds weird and it definitely sounds weird to some people and they don't understand what it is, but it's not weird. It's that's the truth. That's what actually occurs in this universe. And 
just because people don't understand it, that's your guidance. That's your love. That's your um, bliss. That's your journey. And being able to experience something like that is so, it's powerful. Humans may think it's weird, especially based off of what we've learned, but it's just such, that's the truth. That's what real is. It's real. It's not weird. In, yeah for me it's very real yeah. and 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 she she was with me every single day till I was 18 like mm-hmm. literally or till I, I became a very strong Christian at 18 and it's almost like she said here go I'm going to pass you to God now God's got your back you know um but that's my that's really the start of my relationship with music because if I didn't have music that those love songs in the evening that that was my soothing you know I remember even being like six having my tape player and literally all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth (laughs) playing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again because it was you know when you're that young you know that's that was my love that was that's who loved me music that's who loved me and then fast forward fast forward to when I was 11 years old and um I I just had enough one day I mean there was a lot going on leading up to that period but I I um I just had enough and I tried to run away well I hadn't tried but I'd been like going in my head like I started to look for dens of like places and and like if I was to run away like you know what would where would I live and all this stuff I started to plan it and then one morning me and my gran had this this massive massive argument and for the very first time in my life the lioness came up me i I, just and this little girl who's 11 said i'm not doing this anymore and i walked out the door and uh, my gran had said some seriously very very nasty things at that point that morning and i remember just being in floods 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 of tears and i walked out that door and I was just like, I am never, ever, ever going back there again. And that I tell, I share that story in Secret Truth because people are very fearful of doing scary things. And I share that with you because I was eleven. I had no money. I had no idea where I was going to go. I had, I had, I didn't even pack my bag, like because it was so spontaneous. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I learned that if you want something, if you want something bad enough, if you are if you are so suppressed, the lioness rises up and you will, you just, everything opens up. Everything opens up. And I share that story because a lot of people are fearful of singing in public. You know, and it's like, if that little girl can walk out at 11, you can sing a song in public. Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't have a problem with that. It's the, I think for some reason. And and this is the reason right here, what you just shared was why we need to ha- needed to have this conversation because I actually needed to hear that because mm-hmm. stepping out, you know, I mean, I'm not like fully funded. I don't have, you know, I'm like going, Oh my God, what the heck am I thinking? You know, that type of thing. And if you can do that at 11, I don't know if you want to share how, how that, how that progressed or whatever, but it's, you're right. If you can do it at 11, if you, like, I've been literally over the last month, I've been meditating every day for like 
four times a day for about 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. And that has shifted a lot of things into knowing that I'm taking care of, just like you said, I'm taking care of, I will be taking care of whatever, whatever that is. And I never felt that before. And when you said that, I got like tears. <laughs> I call them soul tears because that's like a recognition that I was meant to hear that and everything is going to be okay because I am taken care of because I, you know what I'm saying? So thank you for um, sharing that. If you want to kind of expand on it, that would be great. <laughs> but I, th- I think also as well in life and un- uh, well, unfortunately or unfortunately, that was a learned behavior then because then I realized I, I'm just going to be absolutely reckless in my life. And, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, but can I, just, can I just say <laughs> every time I have been reckless, I don't regret any of those times. Mm-hmm. I don't forget any of those times. Like there was a time in Chichester when I was living with my boyfriend and, and, and I said, like, I'm going to move to London next week. And he went, what do you mean you're going to move to London next week? I'm, I'm going to move to London next week. I was completely reckless. I didn't have a job in London. I didn't, you know, I was like, I'm just going to move to London. And I found a flat and I had to commute every uh, once a week, twice a week to Chichester, which is where my work was to, to transition to, uh-huh. to London, but I did it. You know, the, this, I don't know if you heard the story about how I became a professional singer. You know, I was absolutely reckless. I did an audition. I got the part. I knew two songs, two songs. I should have known 600 songs. I walked on that cruise ship, not l- like literally knowing two covers to a professional gig singing in front of 2000 people. Wow. You know, (laughs) and, but all of that comes from that 11 year old girl from learning that it's okay. You will always be okay. Always land on your feet. Yeah. 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 And sometimes we don't believe that, but it's still true. Well, I mean, for example, with you traveling, like, okay, so what are you scared of? Like what's the worst that can happen? That I run out of money. Okay. So be resourceful then. So, so you go into, yeah, you make sure, oh, oh, have you heard of Mary Morrissey? Who? What? Mary Morrissey. Mary Morrissey. Mm -mm. Oh, she's got a brilliant story. So she, um, she was a a Christian preacher and she had a calling to just get in a van with her family, her three kids and basically drive around America and preach. And she just completely trusted in God and the universe that, that she would be taken care of, like completely. Like, anyway, they traveled around America and, and they were doing okay. And she was doing all these different talks and making money on, on the road. And then one day, um, for some reason, um, her husband made money via cleaning windows. Um, but there was something in Florida, they were in Florida and I can't remember what it was, but they, he couldn't clean the windows because there was a drought or there was something anyway, he couldn't, he couldn't get work cleaning the windows for some, for whatever reason. And she couldn't get work. She couldn't get work talking for whatever reason. And they literally had three kids in a van behind you, just like that van behind you, you know, trusting in the universe and God. And she literally had $7 to her name, $7 to her name. And she's praying and she's like, okay, God, this is getting a bit, tight now like I do trust you but seven dollars you know she she walks into a superstore and she she's like <clears throat> I've got to feed the kids what can I feed the kids <sighs> pasta that you know and she literally fed the kids on pasta because that's all that the money they had but what she said was she, even though she because her thing is manifesting money and, and like manifesting uh things right 
And she got to the checkout and she had, I think it was like $5 worth of food to last her 24 hours. And she was like, God, in her head, she was like, I'm doing everything that you have suggested. I'm praying, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in you. I'm doing all of this stuff, but nothing is happening. And then she thought, she was like, oh my gosh, I am not uh, contributing. I'm not giving, I'm not giving to charity. I'm not giving to charity. I'm not serving. And she had literally $2 left from her $7. And she was like, this is my last $2. And she put it in the charity bucket. She put it in the charity bucket. And then she was like, I just completely surrender. I completely surrender now. And she gets back to the van. She feeds her children. And she's just like, okay, this is, this is it. This is it. And then her husband walks in and goes, oh my gosh, you'll never guess what. I've got all this work <laughs> and, and it starts raining, you know, work and money and so forth. Um, but sometimes we have to surrender. Mm-hmm. That's the, yeah, it's surrender. That's where I, yeah. And that's where, again, the tears, uh, <laughs> that's, that's exactly where I'm at. It's like, I'm doing everything, but th- what's interesting is I'm also giving energy and time to people. Like I have learned that it doesn't actually have to be um, money, that it can be energy and time because it's also the same money as energy. Yeah. So um, I know that everything works its, works its way through and I'm human and I'm just like her. <laughs> so we're all like, ah, you know, so I, I hear that. I hear that. And that's, thank you for sharing that's that story. I just read a book about a woman. Um, I forget what her name is, but from 1941 to 1981, she called herself the peace pilgrim. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. No. She connected with, she got rid of all of her stuff. She started connecting with God. She had um, a tunic with a toothbrush and envelopes and paper and a pen hmm. and walked around the United States of America and North America and South wow. 25,000 miles in 40 years. Wow. And she was just talking about peace, you know, and that, and these inspiring stories are, are incredible because, um, I have no idea what's going to be out there. I, all I know is that I'm supposed to be guiding people to inner peace. That's it. And, and have you experienced the desert yet? I have not, not, not on this, not on this thing, but I've been out in the desert. Not when I, no, when I mean desert, I don't mean physical desert. I mean, when there's nothing coming from above and you're like, hello. Oh, then yes. <laughs> And how, cause I, I have just come out the desert, literally. I, I, um, like all of last year with the singer's piano, cause I, it's all God led and it's all everything I do in the singer's piano. I don't, uh, like, yes, it's me, but it's, it's not, it's, I'm, you know, like God is like saying to me, do this, do this, do this. And I'm going, all right, then I'll do this, do this. And from about January this year, up until I would say two weeks ago, maybe even, you know, and I'm still not there yet. I'm like, okay, God, I'm ready. What do you want me to do? And there's like nothing. Okay. That's where I'm at, but it's not two weeks. It's Saturday. So how do you deal with being in the desert? Because I think it's really interesting how, um, like 
yeah have you got any stories about that like how you know i don't even know if i could call it a story i could call it a how-to maybe um hmm. the only thing that i and and some days like within the last day 24 hours it's been harder so it's harder to talk about it but i do know that when that happens i sit in it I sit with the emotion. I sit with the space. If something comes up and I just start need to cry, I just let the crying out. And then I go back and I sit with it. And then I will talk to my little girl, my inner child. It's okay. Everything's good. We are taken care of. I am supporting you. We are being supported. And I'll just, and it took me a long time to be able to do that because for many years, I'm like, my little girl's hiding out in the, you know, the corner of the room. And, and I'm yeah. like, Wow, I don't know how to talk to her. And now I'm like doing, I'm doing that. But the biggest thing over the last probably month and a half to two months has been grief work. It's like just letting it all releasing, releasing, releasing any, any of that energy and then sitting with whatever comes up, anger or fear or shame or sadness or, you know, whatever it is. Last night, literally, I was like, okay, I'm leaving in two days. And I just got like one client this week and, ah, and everything. Shifted. But it's interesting because things are being pulled out of my life. People are being pulled out of my life. It's almost like it's being prepared mm-hmm. for me. And I don't know what that is yet. And it, and it, and I heard it twice and I've heard this in the past before. When you leave, that's when things are going to open up. I've heard it before. And I'm like, and interestingly enough, this time of year is like that for me. So when I left my relationship, partnership, whatever you want to call it, last year on August the 6th or April, April the 6th, interestingly, it's April. I don't know what's happening because this is, I was going through all my photos and everything. And it's like, Oh, I moved, I got, I got out of that in April and I got out of that in April and I got out of, and I'm doing it again and I'm leaving on, you know, so it's April 20th this time. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then last night I got mad. I'm like, all right, I can't deal with this crap anymore. You got it. What do you want me to do? But there's nothing for me to do right now. I can't do anything until I do it until Saturday. I'm just preparing. I'm getting all my stuff packed up. I'm doing so. Sometimes you have to sit. Sometimes you have to actively release, whether it's stuff or emotions or whatever. And sometimes you have to pack when you're getting ready to go. And then sometimes you just meditate. And that's all I've been doing. And it's interesting, isn't it? And it's it's the trust thing again, isn't it? Oh God, trust, trust, surrender, trust the process. Yeah, it's not, I don't even, I don't even know. I'm just talking out my kazoo here right now because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. See, it's, it's interesting because when I, when I was praying, I mean, this was, this was back about four or five weeks ago and I was, and there was something in me that said, Google the crucifixion. You know, and I'm not, I'm not uh, like a very strong Christian. I kind of swing between Christianity and spirituality and universe and all that stuff. And I've never really, in the last possible way, not ever really believed in Jesus per se. Like it's never, not, I've not been a, I'm not saying Jesus doesn't exist, but I've never really got him. <laughs> That's another story in itself. And, and someone, something in me said, Google the crucifixion. So I Googled Jesus and the crucifixion and oh my gosh, there's so much gold in that because 
Jesus does obviously did not want to be crucified. And, and he was saying, God, why are you making me suffer? Why are you, why are you killing me? Why are you doing all this? Like, God, what, you know, um, questioning the, um, you know, when everything goes well, we're like, thank you so much. You've answered my prayer. But when it doesn't go well, when it doesn't go well, we don't go, maybe that's God's will as well. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Here's where gratitude comes in. Yep. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's just interesting anyway. It's, um, but also funny enough, when you talk about spring, that's when I'm most creative with songwriting. <laughs> in my room, like, I know what you mean. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really I don't know. I, you know, I mean, this is, this is, I don't know how to have a conversation around this because we don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And, and interestingly, um, like I am aware personally of things. I know things are going to happen. I just don't know what they are. And before everything happened in um, uh, the Ukraine, which I don't have family there anymore, but part of my ancestry is from there and Russia and all that. And two, three, four months before anything happened, I kept saying something big is going to happen in March. Something big is going to, so I'm seeing, I'm having that again. And that's what I kind of go by. And and yeah. Okay. You want to talk about crazy? I know that people who know me will think I'm nuts with this i know no, it. i don't think you're crazy though that's i think we just got to find our tribe of people that's, that's all it that's yeah, it got to find our tribe yeah, yeah. that's yeah, true yeah. so i want you to share um anything else i mean because talk why don't you talk a little bit about your maybe your program or or um but yeah just share some of that <laughs> so- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've just been all on a hippie, hippie spiritual conversation for the past hour. I love it. I love it. Love it. Um, okay. So if we were to talk about um, even, you know, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners are like us anyway, right? They, they, are they quite spiritual and, you know, Not necessarily. Um, okay. <laughs> fair enough. Well, here's um, the thing. I could be reaching spiritual people because of that. I could be reached, or I know I'm reaching people from my past that I was like in college with and different things like that in high school and stuff like that. But lately the spirituality and inner peace and different and that type of thing is touching people more anyway. And, and, you know, the funny thing, Caroline is, is that if you are meant to be listening to this podcast, that's the universe totally aligning you with where you should be right now. That's right. That's right. And my, a lot of my students say that they go, oh my gosh, like I, I, you're the answer to my prayer. I literally just prayed last week and here you are. And I'm like, now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of get that now. Cause it's happened so much. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we get put in just the right place at just the right time sometimes, don't we? Yeah. So I want to ask you a question before you go into what you do. Yeah. And this might be, it's kind of like an Oprah thing. <laughs> I love Oprah, soul, soul, soul sister. What's it? Soul searching. I can't remember. It's called. Yeah. So this will this will be a, a little bit different because I can't remember what um what she asks. But here's my question: What is your truth? My truth is when I absolutely honor my feelings and my my instinct and my gut. That's my truth. Like. 
Um, and, and talking about the inner child. So I have completely been run by my three-year-old for the past four or five months, I think. Because um, you're about to have a... a probably, little... yes. <laughs> um, but when I step into that knowing, when I step into that leadership, that role of like my absolute inner knowing, that's my truth. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. When you absolutely trust your gut and you go, I may be talking absolute crap, but I'm not because it's me. And it's is this is, this is my truth. Does that well, and that's, yeah, because when we think, when, when we think we're talking crap, it's usually not. <laughs> and yeah. to some people it might be because they don't resonate and that's okay, but it's, it's our truth. And I, it feels good. Doesn't it feel good when you're speaking your truth? <laughs> absolutely. But, and, and here's the thing I've realized from running my course the more I speak my truth, the more my students are like, whoa, yeah. the more they're like, oh my gosh, I so needed this right now. And I'm like, really? Okay. Oh, all right. Because <laughs> you, you, you don't realize, you don't realize how you're impacting people. And this is the same with music. And so going back to the whole music thing, you know, people might be listening to this and going, you know, oh, I'd love to do music, but you know, who am I? Or, you know, what impact can I make in the world? And the thing is, is that you don't know the impact that you're going to make in the world with your music. And it's not for you to assume it either. It's not for you to assume, well, I'm awful and I can't sing a pitch. And that's not your, that's not your, you're not allowed to do that really, because God's given you a gift. And it's, it's a case of you just going, okay, I think I'm crap, but actually you might be completely inspiring people. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I do, I do. It's you know, it's funny because it reminded me of a couple of weeks ago. I did an interview with um, another uh, metaphysical doctor, uh, whatever person, spiritual person, and one of um, she just put a really cool uh, book out, and we were talking about that. And I remember going to her book launch on. She just did a Zoom with a book launch, and. I don't know if you're old enough to, well, you will be because you're in music, but um, the fifth dimension, do you know about the fifth dimension? So they were like, I guess, a hippie spiritually kind of band back in the seventies. And my, I used to own their album, album. Did you hear me? (laughs) I owned their album, vinyl album, right? Uh, and one of my favorite songs was the one that she brought out on this, on this, um, on this book launch thing. And it was let the sunshine in. Oh yeah. We're singing that on our interview together and we were having a wonderful time with that. And I was like, (laughs) so anyway, I just wanted to share that because it's cool because all these things are coming together with music and poetry for me. And I love watching the com, you know, what's happening with the spiritual aspect and the universal, the universal aspect and all this stuff is coming together. So when you're doing your work, that's the key. The universal is coming together. It's bringing all of this stuff together. Yeah. And, and I think, I think what's really interesting and I've, I kind of do believe in miracles now is like every time I run piano vocal success, my 10 week program there is magic and I don't create the magic. Like it's not, it's not about me. It's, it's about the fact that people are finding their voice. They're finding their truth. And it's not actually even about piano and singing and songwriting, which I teach, you know, I teach you how to put your finger there and how to do that. 
But it's so much bigger than that. It's actually about people reconnecting with their souls, reconnecting with the universe, reconnecting mm -hmm. um, with the magic of the vibrations of music of, does that make sense? And, and the healing, <laughs> yes, the healing that comes of it. 100%. It makes perfect sense. It makes, you know, it's just, and, and this is, I guess why I'm different, like to just like you, you, your normal YouTube guy piano, because that's not what I do. And, and like, people are like, Oh, I just want to learn to play piano. I'm like, that's not really what I do. It's not, I mean, I teach it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm a piano teacher. I want you to be a good piano vocalist and songwriter. But it's it's more, I feel like I'm like a music life coach or a music spiritual guide, you know. You have a song that you've written, just play, maybe you can play like the first the first couple of verses with it or something. I will share in, in relation to what you're talking about. Okay. Spirit, universe. Ooh, spirit, universe. Ah. Or watch, we could we could actually do. She'll make one up on the spot. I've seen her do that. Why don't I do that? Why don't you do that? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Yes, go. Okay, I feel inspired to inspire. Okay, so this is and this is how I started, guys. So when I was very young, and um, I was bullied at school, I used to sit at the piano, and I used to just make it up. So I'm going to do this for you right now. I'm going to just channel something. I know what it's going to be. And I'm and, and I want to show you this actually because um I want to show you this oh, little technique. The keyboard. Yay! <laughs> you say this little oh, technique. It works. There it is. There it is. But I you can't see my face because the okay, but, good. <laughs> but listen, if you have a piano at home, I want you to play around with all these black notes, okay? Uh -huh. And these two white notes. Actually, no, let's do this one and this one. So, the, so this is the F and this is the C. Yeah? Uh, uh, I can't remember what key we're in because I'm not very good with theory, but um, yeah, so all the black notes, the F and the C. Now, if that even if those white notes are too hard, just do the black notes. So, for example, this is something that I made up. Um, I'd start with just doing this with the pedals so it's like resonating. Mm -hmm. just let the space you let the 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 sounds of the music and so this is how I started literally how I started to play piano and then and then I would start to create something so like I'm just going to close my eyes um in fact I am just going to do the black notes because then you, you just got the black notes so I'm just going to sing
and I just it just let it flow that's and the I, word that's the word I was gonna say flow flow is let it flow no. and I, mean, I mean don't get me wrong I was really frustrated because I wanted to play all the white notes but I was like no just play the black notes and I mean but you you know what's going on in my head right now with where I am I just 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 sing and and let the words flow and I did that for hours in the piano rooms hours before I made up any songs any songs it was almost like a journal a musical journal and what's so cool again is that it's not I mean, obviously you have to do it a, a little more than just once, <laughs> but, but when the way you teach it, the simplicity of learning it mm. is no pun intended key. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've been where you, the thing is, I, I mean, I've taught little children for about 15 years you know, so I, I know when I'm in the piano room with children, you know, I mean, obviously that was very detailed, but mm -hmm. little children don't do that beginning, but what they can do is one finger, mm -hmm. you know, or two fingers, you know, you can, you can improvise around a whole song just on two notes, two notes. Yeah. You know, I have four-year-olds that can do that. That's what I'm saying though. It's like, yeah. it's a good thing that you were working with children too, yeah. because that gives the, that gives the, like, I know that most people who struggle with something like this learn better at a third grade level than, than they do at, at a master's degree level, you know, because they just, it's like, okay, I don't understand, you know. But I mean, you know, the funny thing is children are actually easier to teach than adults. And I'll tell you why, because children don't have that shame that you adults that adults have they don't have the back history they haven't got the perfectionism hat on so like i could give a child two notes and they go la 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 there was a bobby in my garden and we had loads of fun with the donkey and, and, and they they have so much fun and they play you try and tell an adult to do that they're like uh, i can uh, do it without a, i can do it without a keyboard i can make up make up words if i hear like a couple of words and they start sounding like they're rhyming then i'll start doing that and i'll start but saying a lot of people can't know a lot of people are so stuck in perfectionism but that's right it's like children be what is, what is i don't even know i don't quote the bible so i don't know but mm. there's something in there somewhere that says something jesus says something about being as a child or be as a child or be as i don't know what it is but it's it's what's the word children are just um it's a word that begins with an I, I think. I can't no. think of it right now. I don't know, but it's like everything is open. They're just open. And we've shut ourselves down so much that we need people like you. <laughs> you help open the flow again. Well, that's the thing. As children, we I as children, when we come into this world as souls, right? And we're all we're kind of old souls in the sense that we come into this world of souls and and then people batter us and shame us. And and what happens is this little soul gets boom, 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 boom. And this tiny, tiny, tiny little soul, when we become an adult, it's just been bombarded mm -hmm. with all this crap. And so that's what I do. Basically, that's what I do with music. I basically help you get rid of all of this crap so you can get to your soul. 
through music and through play and yeah I, oh my gosh like that's, that's that's brilliant I've never said that before I'm like right I'm gonna have to <laughs> oh my god that was a download and I didn't write it and I'm gonna have to listen to the end of um now here's here's the thing sooner or later I'm gonna take that course I don't know when I'm gonna have time to do it but sooner or later I'm going to do this because I really want to just right now I just want to get out there and sing and have fun and da, 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 da. but then to combine the two that would be really cool because I really like to do it and here I'm just pretend you know um so for anyone who wants to connect with you mm -hmm. you take your course so at the moment I'm about to go on maternity leave and the course probably won't be run till next year um okay. the, this is the 10-week course but um but if you want to just get started like just get started and you're inspired and you're like oh wow you know I just want to learn a bit of piano and singing and songwriting um I suggest that you I've got a freebie that you can download completely for free um and it's learning to sing and play perfect by Ed Sheeran um and it's just a little taster it's a tiny tiny little taster where you can um you can learn you know it's very very simple piano that absolutely for beginners just to get a taste of what it feels like mm -hmm. and then and then you know um i don't know when i'm going to be opening up piano vocal success i know there's gonna be a lot of changes in the next nine months um but you know stay connected i, I send a newsletter out every week i do free trainings every week um so you know be in my world for nine months nothing's going to be sold to you because I'm, I'm i'm not in that space but you're going to get to know me and and um i've got loads of free trainings um that I can give you in my Facebook group. I, I literally just did a training today um, in my Facebook group. So yeah, you can connect with me. Um, you have Facebook, you have a website too that people can can go find out about. You've got a couple of websites that people can find. Yeah, out. so the best thing to do is to contact me. Um, let me just have a look, actually. This is in summary. I think it's www.thesingerspiano.com forward slash perfect. Let me just double check. I can give you the link anyway. Um, yes. Uh, in fact, let me just write that. Let me see if this is right. Because I change it all the time. <laughs> the singerspiano.com forward slash. See, I'm not a big company. You can tell I'm not like, I haven't got my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you, um, yeah, the singerspiano.com forward slash perfect. The singerspiano? Um, okay. Yeah, the singerspiano, not with an apostrophe, so just straight. Um, yeah, and, and, and just get to know me. I mean, a lot of, a lot of my students, you know, they've been with me for two, three years before they jump into piano vocal success. They just get to know me. And, and, um, and then when you do, if you do jump into it, it's, we're like family. It's, um, I mean, I'm explaining, I'm just finishing up now with this 10 week program and like, Oh my gosh, we've only got a week left. We've only got a week left. And I'm like, yeah, but your family, like, you know, I'm not going to desert you. I'm not going to, like, you've, we've spent 10 weeks together. I'm not, I'm not that type of course creator. That's like, bye. Thank you very much. Taking your money. And it's not like that. It's, mm -hmm. it's so much bigger than that you know it's I it's a soul connection yes that's yes. that's what you do it's not even it and and music and teaching music and teaching all this stuff is your um is your tool yeah with other souls yeah, yeah. exactly that's so thank you so much Caroline for having me I and, and best of luck thank you thank you and you didn't have anything else you wanted to share real quick with for anything or before no i think i'm good i think i'm good i've got another call so i'm gonna have yes. to make a move but so, um, everyone thank you so much for being here i'm so grateful and i appreciate you listening to this uh last uh episode on season two and i'm so grateful that sam was um 
kind enough and willing enough to be here to have some fun and share some music and um, help some healing, help, help souls to heal. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next season. Take care. Bye. Bye.